thank you today that on a Friday afternoon you have seen fit to give us the freedom and the means and the blessing of being able to have these Bible studies, to be able to uh, step aside from work or from uh, recreational activities or leisure activities and be able to study the Word of God together. Lord, I ask now as I ask every time that I teach, may you be exalted. May you, Lord, be lifted up that all men might be drawn unto you. Father, give me the words that I need to say. And Lord, I pray that nothing I would say would be of a hindrance, but only a help to those that need help today. And Lord, we do pray for our nation. Maybe like uh, never before, we pray for our nation today. And Lord, I just pray that your mercy and your grace would be extended upon all of us, Lord, our, our nation, our citizens, our, our leaders, our people, and uh, Lord, each of us in our churches as well. Lord, I pray for the Holy Spirit to now speak through me. And Lord, speak to each of us uh, that are listening wherever we may be, at home or uh, at other places. May you use this Bible study to bring honor and glory to you and to your holy word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, as, uh, as I've said from this week, I've been asked to, to teach this actually by multiple people. Uh, they've asked me when we're going through a lot of our prophecy studies on where is America in prophecy, or does the Bible mention America in prophecy? That's the purpose of this Bible study, particularly. Uh, I'll say this before I say anything else. As anyone that knows me knows, I'm a patriotic, uh, flag-waving American citizen. Um, I am a, a, I'm a several-generation uh, been in the military. My father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather... And, uh, and my grandfather was a highly decorated World War II soldier. My great-grandfather fought in World War I. Uh, uh, my dad was in the Air Force. I was a short time in the Army as a chaplain, as a first lieutenant. Uh, I believe in our country's freedoms. I believe in our Constitution. I believe in our uh, freedom to worship and our, our, our constitutional rights and our thank the Lord for our First Amendments and Second Amendment rights that are there. Uh, I believe in our, our patriotism that we should display as Americans. And I think there's an all-time low and shortage of patriotism in America, and that's unfortunate. Uh, but I also want to tell the truth, and I want to speak the truth biblically. And so I hope that what I say will be an encouragement to you as we look at the Bible from the perspective as, of Christians believing God at His Word. And that's what it's all about, not sensationalism. But what does the Bible say? Where is America? Where is the United States in prophecy? Uh, this isn't something that I've just heard recently, but it's something that I've been asked for many years in my ministry. Uh, where does America fit in prophecy? Uh, it's a very tough question. It's a tough question that is often asked, and to be clear, uh, I may lose some of my viewers at this point. Uh, you might be built up with anticipation, hoping that, that I'm going to come out and say, well, here it is in chapter here and verse there, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and spill the can of beans at this moment. There are no direct references to America in biblical prophecy. There are no direct passages that mention the United States, that mentions America in the Bible. None. There are zero. Uh, there are, however, indirect passages that I do believe involve the United States of America. 
Those that have listened to me teach before know that I believe the Bible primarily should be taught looking at the three applications of Scripture. If you don't know what that is, let me briefly say that there are three applications, that being historical, that being doctrinal, and spiritual. All Scripture is written for us, even though all Scripture is not written to us. And in that, that description lies the problem as to where is America in the Bible. There are no historical or really doctrinal scriptures about the United States. Now, there are generalized passages. There are many passages, which we're going to look at some of them today, like Romans chapter 1, for example, that speak about a time where God gives people up that are determined to sin willfully and have a conscience seared with a hot iron and refuse to listen to right. God says, I'm done. Three times in Romans chapter 1, God says, I gave them up. I gave them up. I gave them over to a reprobate mind. Well, we can generalize that and say that's America. Uh, it doesn't say America. But certainly, spiritually, it involves the United States of America. So let's be very clear at the onset of this Bible study. There are no passages in the Bible that mention America specifically. And if you've heard any preacher or any Bible teacher, you read any book that says otherwise, they're deceiving you. There are none. There are zero that mentioned the United States of America. But again, there are spiritualized passages. And we've got to be careful with that because one thing that gets American Christians into more trouble probably than any other nation on the face of the earth is taking passages of the Bible out of context. And they mislocate Scripture, misapply Scripture, and dislocate Scripture. And that is a dangerous place to tread. Uh, we don't ever want to misapply scripture that doesn't, that isn't about us. And that's true of America. That's true of the church. That's true of our individual life. Don't misapply scripture and don't dislocate scripture, meaning don't take scripture out of context and place it and fit it into a place that it doesn't belong. When I was a little kid, I, I remember, in fact, we bought them for our children. There was uh, little toys. Yeah, you probably can still buy them now. They're usually like a ball or a square that come with all different types of shapes. And there's cutouts in that ball or in that square, like a star shape and a triangle shape. And, uh, you know, different shapes, a round shape. And little children in the nursery will try to take those square shapes and stick them in the shape that is supposed to be made for the star. Uh, they'll take a triangle shape and try to put it in a place that's meant for a circle. And American Christians are guilty of doing that with the Scripture. We are guilty of taking shapes, taking scriptures that belong here, and applying it there. We must never do that. That is a dangerous place to be. So I want to be very clear. There are no historical scriptures about the United States. There are no doctrinal scripturals. I'm talking prophetic that specifically call out the United States. There are, however, verses that can be spiritually applied to the United States of America. And so I want us to, to think about that, be very careful with that. I've traveled all around the, uh, the world. I've traveled all around the United States as well, been in the majority of the 50 states. Uh, but uh, I've traveled all around the world and in close to a dozen foreign countries. And I can honestly say there's no place like the United States of America. There's no place like our home, our homeland. Uh, whenever you go and, 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 and enjoy 
the culture of another country and the food and the atmosphere and even the worship of other Christians, there's still something inside of us that wants to be back in America, that wants to be back home. There's no place like it. Uh, but we've got to also be careful because Americans, we're very sensitive people. We are sensitive spiritually. I'm talking about a church that is full, the church age, are full of a bunch of uh, a sensitive, overly sensitive Christians that cannot take hard doctrine. They cannot take sound biblical teaching. And if they don't hear what they want to hear, and that's one of the warnings that can be spiritually applied to America, they'll heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. If we don't hear what we want to hear, then we get offended. And we're easily offended in America. That's true also with our patriotism. Although patriotism is at an all-time low in our nation's history. Still, we're very protective of our country and protective of our, uh, of our, our beliefs and protective of our rights in our country. And so we, we've got to tread lightly when we approach the subject of America in prophecy because we are an overly sensitive nation and an overly sensitive body of believers in our churches today. The messages that were preached by our forefathers, if you preach them in the average church today, why, they'd probably fire me if I preached something like that. And yet that was what was preached every Sunday, every weekday, every Wednesday in our country. That's what brought about the great awakenings and the great revival meetings. But sound doctrine is just about a thing of the past in America and certainly around the world. But I wonder, why is it that there is no direct references to America in prophecy? Why is it that there is no direct references? Uh, I will say this, God has prospered our nation, maybe more outside of Israel than any nation on the face of the earth. And so why has God prospered us as a nation? Why has he protected us as a people? There are several reasons to that. I, I would say, first of all, it has to do with our support of the nation of Israel. I believe God has blessed America because America has blessed the nation of Israel. Do not forget the promise that was contained in the book of Genesis where God says of his people, the nation of Israel, and folks, America is not God's people, his chosen people. Israel is God's chosen people. He didn't say America is the apple of his eye. Israel is the apple of his eye. He didn't choose Americans. He chose Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to be his chosen people. And he said of them, he said, I'll make of thee a great nation, and I'll bless those that bless thee, and I'll curse those that curse thee. And I have to say today that one of the great reasons why America has been blessed is because of our support of the nation of Israel. That took place back in the days of the Revolutionary War, and that has continued for the past, this year makes, I believe, 244 years since 1776 that America has been a nation. I want you to understand as well that we are a very young nation. We are a new nation compared to the nations of the world. When you travel around the world and you go to Germany and you go to Europe and you go to Russia and places like that, you're talking about nations that have existed for not hundreds but thousands of years. Why, I, I'm, a, 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 I'm a collector of old coins, and uh, I'm a, I like to treasure hunt a little bit and do metal detecting work when I can. And we find a coin that's 100 years old, and we think we found something that's old. We find something that goes back to the 1840s, and we think we found something that's old. 1840s, 
In fact, 244 years of our history is nothing compared to nations like Egypt and places in Africa that go back thousands of years. A Russia that goes back many, many hundreds of years. Places like Iran and Iraq and all around the world, China, that have history that goes back thousands of years. And we're a very young nation, and that may be why the Bible doesn't say much about us, and I'll get to that in a moment. But in the 244 years of our nation's history, we have been a nation that have been the champion of the Jews, a nation that is a champion of, of the nation of Israel. In 1948, when Israel was established as a nation, I believe that's one of the great reasons why God has blessed America, is he used us in such a short time to bring about his nation, his people Israel, back to their land so that prophecy once again could move forward because God's just about done with the Gentile nations. The fullness of the Gentiles has just about come in and God's getting ready to deal with Israel and the nations that go against Israel once again. I believe that we've been prospered as a nation because of our support for the Jews, for Israel. I believe we've also been blessed and prospered as a nation because we have helped to keep other nations within their borders and their boundaries. The Bible says over and over again, places like Deuteronomy 32 verse 8 and many other places we'll look at momentarily where God says that he set the bounds of the nations. Like it or not, we're in a world that wants to hear all this globalization and let's all beat our swords into plowshares without the king and the prince of peace, Jesus Christ, to do it. You're not going to do it by disarming uh, our military. You're not going to bring in peace by signing peace treaties and, 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 uh, and, and pacts of peace between nations. That will come as a result of the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ himself, that will bring peace to this world. So despite all this movement for globalizations and trying to make God a liar and say that God did not set up the boundaries of the nations and that God didn't divide the nations when he in fact said he did over and over again in his word, I believe God has used America to keep nations at bay. If it wasn't for the United States of America, and I know we had allies from World War I and World War II, where would the world be today? We certainly wouldn't be speaking English. Uh, we would be speaking another language. We'd be speaking German. We'd be speaking, uh, uh, you know, perhaps Japanese. If it wasn't for the influence of America, and it's not just America, it's America helping to keep other nations through our military might who have visions and have ambitions, demonic ambitions of taking over the world. And do you know that also involves Israel? Because it has been America that has helped to defend Israel. When other invaders would want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth today, it has been the, the power of America that has kept the military might has kept other nations from trying to, to, uh, to move forward with their demonic ambitions in destroying. They come out and they'll say it. We want to destroy Israel and wipe them off the face of the earth. And it's because of our military might and our defense of Israel, I believe, is one of the reasons why God has blessed America mightily. I'll tell you another reason why America has been prosperous is because of the message of the gospel. There has never been a nation on the face of the earth that has been so involved in defending the gospel, in defending the word of God, in propagating and spreading the gospel throughout the world 
like the nation of Israel, uh, the nation of America today. It has been America more than any other nation that has been sending out gospel literature, gospel tracts, putting out gospel messages out on the airwaves, whether the radio waves or whether the internet like we're doing today or whether the television or so, some other means. We've sent out missionaries like any other country. Not, no other country has sent out missionaries. But here's the sad thing as I sit here and tell you this today. America now is having other countries send missionaries into the United States. As a matter of fact, even amongst our own Baptist denominations, we have our own missionaries that are going to Utah and going to Washington and going to California and going all over the United States. We have our own missionaries in our own country trying to win people because America has become a godless nation. And now other countries are sending in missionaries from their countries into the United States of America to try to win us because there's so much ungodliness and immorality in the United States of America. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 verse 18 that pride goeth before a fall. And America is a nation of pride. We just came out today. We're in, in, in July. June is a month that is all about pride. Proud of our sin. Well, not our. I'm not going to say our. Proud of their sin. Proud of their wickedness. It is Pride Month. And the Bible says in Proverbs 16, verse 18, Pride goeth before a fall, a haughty spirit before destruction. God says when you get lifted up in pride, He will not tolerate it. And I worry about America today because America has become a proud nation. God has blessed us because of Israel and our support of Israel. God has blessed us as we've kept other nations in their boundaries, from moving forward with their demonic ambitions to overtake the world. God has blessed America because we as a nation have spread the gospel like no other nation before. But listen, America is not immune to the scriptures that do indirectly involve America in the judgment of God to those nations that turn and resist God. And I'm going to share some of those passages in just a moment. America is not immune to God's judgment. I love our nation. I want you to understand that. As I said at the beginning, I am a, a, a flag-waving, patriotic American. But at the same time, as a Bible-believing Christian, as a Bible-believing preacher, I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that America is not beyond the judgment and correction of God. I know that our churches are not a, above the correction of God. And that's what the New Testament says. Judgment must begin at the house of God. You say, Ben, why would God bring judgment to America? We are a nation that calls ourselves a Christian nation. And let's be very clear. We're no longer a Christian nation. America is a secularized nation. We're not a Christian nation. We may have more Christians than any other nation, but we're not a Christian nation. Not like we used to be. We may have a foundation of Christian principles, but that has long since been gone from, uh, from the scene of America society uh, for the past hundred years or so. We're a nation that promotes evolution over creation. Our children and our public school systems are being taught that they were not created by their God but were, were evolved from apes to the evolutionary process. You think God's going to bless a nation 
When our children are being uh, brainwashed from the time that they're young children in our public school systems, that God didn't create them, why our own documents in America say that we are endowed by our Creator, that uh, all men are created equal, and yet our children are taught that's a lie, that they evolve. God's not going to bless that. The morality in our nation is a nation without God, a nation of morals that you don't find in some of the most depraved cultures in, 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 in history. A nation that does what is right in their own eyes, not what is right in the eyes of God, in the law of God, and in the word of God. A nation of no morality that says morality cannot be legalized. A nation that says abortion is a woman's right to choose. That the murder of little innocent children, innocent babies, by the millions every year, is a choice to make, and they're proud of their choices. And you think that God's going to bless America when we abort millions of babies every year? A nation that takes the sanctity of marriage and says marriage is no longer between a man and a woman. Marriage is now between men and men, and between women and women, and between one man and, and several women, or several uh, you know women and one man. And we take the sanctity of the home and the sanctity of marriage. And we say that no, and we want to do what is an abomination in the eyes of God and then expect God to bless America. Folks, I'm not trying to preach doom and gloom to you. I'm simply trying to be honest to you. I'm trying to tell you the truth today. And the truth is this, God cannot and God will not bless any nation that does these things. And folks, America does not have an immunity to the judgment of Almighty God. You study Romans chapter 1 and you'll soon see what I'm saying today is so. Now, having said all of that, where is American prophecy? Where's American prophecy? Well, as I said, America is not mentioned in prophecy. There are no historical or doctrinal passages that deal with America by name. So there's only indirect passages that deal with the nation. And it's so hard for us to believe how in the world could a nation that has 328 million people in it not be mentioned by God? How could a nation that is the financial epicenter of the world, the stock market of the world, not be mentioned by God directly in Scripture? How can a nation that has at this point what we believe the most powerful military might in the world not be mentioned by God directly in Scripture prophetically? Well, America may not be mentioned directly in Scripture, but as I said, there are indirect passages. And there are three main passages that some believe are, are symbolic or spiritualized passages that could be about the United States. Let me run through them real quickly. One is Isaiah chapter 18. It's a very short chapter. And Isaiah 18 has some things that at face value may sound similar to America. I've heard preachers preach Isaiah 18 is about America. But if you go back and read Isaiah 18, there is no mention of the United States of America. In fact, it calls the nation out by name that it's about Isaiah 18 is about Ethiopia. Well, I don't have to be a geography student to know that America is not Ethiopia. You know where Ethiopia is? It's Africa. Uh, Isaiah 18, you can mark a, uh, an X by that passage. 
No matter who's out there preaching or teaching Isaiah 18, it is not about America. It's about what it says it's about. It's about Ethiopia. Another passage is found in Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel 38 and verse 13 or thereabouts, it talks about the merchants of Tarshish. And there is a great lion and a young lion that is mentioned there. And some will come out and say, well, Ezekiel 38 is about America because uh, the, the great lion is Great Britain. The young lion is America because it came out of, out of the, the larger lion, England. And, uh, and obviously the lions are connected with the symbolism of the nations that are there. Well, America is certainly not symbolized by a lion. A lion. America is symbolized by an eagle. And, uh, and so, but if you go back to Ezekiel 38, it says the merchants of Tarshish. That's not America. That's Spain. So it's not about America. You can make spiritual application to some of these passages, but again, you've got to tread very lightly with that because they're not in context about the United States. It's about Ethiopia. It's about Africa. It's about Spain. It's not about America. So we can't pull those verses and dislocate them to fit what we want it to be about so we can mark an X next to Ezekiel 38 verse 13. There's another passage, Revelation 17 to 18, and I'm not going to say much about this one because I'm teaching on Revelation on Sunday night and Wednesday night, and when we'll soon get to those chapters, I'll say more about it. I'll simply say that those chapters deal with a place called Babylon. We all know where Babylon is. It's, uh, we've seen it there, uh, talked about in the Bible uh, in ancient times. But when you get to the story of Babylon in chapter 17 and 18 Revelation, it is spiritualized. And there is a place that is called Babylon, but it's not physical Babylon. It's spiritual Babylon. And people will talk about the merchants that are there and, and the location that it says uh, uh, of Babylon. But Babylon is the Antichrist empire during the Great Tribulation. It is not the United States of America. There might be similarities, but the similarities is as far as that goes. Once again, you cannot misapply Scripture or dislocate Scripture to make Babylon the United States of America. Yes, in type, America is like Babylon. But for that matter, America is like many things in type. For example, America is like the Tower of Babel in type. But we're certainly not the location or the Tower of Babel. Uh, America uh, is America. And so there's types and pictures that, and foreshadows that may be similar to America, but it's simply not in the context about the United States of America. We can mark an X across that. Those are the three main passages that many will sensationally try to teach is about the United States of America. But the Bible doesn't go beyond anything other than that, really, uh, when people can pinpoint a scripture and say, well, that must be about America. I'm going to give you a few more passages in a minute, but here's the thought that came to me today. Perhaps the silence of God about the United States is more telling than if God would have said America in the Bible. For example, what would America have meant to anyone for the past 2,000 years, and certainly for the thousand you know, more years before that, of the Old Testament, before the time of Christ, uh, 4,000 years up to the time of Adam, what in the world would that have meant to anyone? Because America, again, has only existed for 244 years. If God would have included the United States of America in some passage back in Daniel, 
What would that have made sense to anyone for the past 3,000 years? It would have made no sense to them. America is a very young nation. And so the silence of God speaks more to where is American prophecy to me than the fact that God has anything to say because it means to me that God is not as, as obsessed with America as we are as Americans. God is not nearly as concerned about America as we are about American citizens when it comes to prophecy. And it could mean that America plays little to no role at all worth mentioning in Scripture in order to bring that about in Scripture. You know, there's nothing that hurts someone that is full of pride more than not to give them attention. Someone that wants attention, that has an attention disorder, that needs that attention. If you give in to that attention, you boost their ego. But when you ignore them, that's what hurts them more than anything else. In America, we're so proud of our, our patriotism and proud of who we are. And I, and I am thankful and I'm grateful for this country. Don't misunderstand me. But our pride, nothing could hurt our pride more than the fact that God has nothing really to say about us. Now, there are some scenarios that I want to share with you today with a few minutes that I have left with you. The fact that God has nothing to say about America prophetically is telling. And that means that there are no scriptures directly about America. Sure, we can spiritualize some, but none directly, just indirectly. So that leaves some scenarios. And there might be more than the scenarios I'm going to give you, but some of these you might want to buckle up. You might want to sit up in your seat, and you're not going to take some of these very lightly or kindly, but I've got to be honest with you today. Because if we don't play the role in Scripture that we want to play, then there has to be some scenarios. And let me play some of these out for you with just these few points that I want to make. In no particular order, America is on the verge of a financial collapse. I'm not very good with math. I'm not a, a, a mathematician. I'm certainly not someone that that studies the economy, but you don't have to be an analyst to, to know and understand that we are a nation, as of today, in $27 million debt as a country. $27 million, uh, a, a trillion, I should say, dollars debt. $27 trillion. That is, that is inconceivable to the human mind. There is no way that America can continually keep that level of debt without something happening. Something is going to affect our economy in a negative way. We owe millions upon millions into the billions of dollars to other countries like China, for example. And at some point, something is going to have to break. Something is going to give. And one of the scenarios that could be concerning the United States is an economical downfall that will destroy our economy, destroy our market, destroy our way of life at that level. Someone said that statistically, Americans on average spend 133% of our income every week. Now, what does that mean? That means if you make $50,000 a year, you spend 33% more than your $50,000 income. But that's not yearly. Actually, that's weekly. So you're spending 33% more than 100% of the paycheck you make every week. That's credit card debt. That's loans for automobiles and mortgages and, and just things that we buy that we don't have the money for and we hope to be able to pay it. And listen, we're all guilty of that. Amen. All of us are guilty of that. 
But we cannot continue down the path as a nation where we're spending 133% more than what we make every week as a, as a nation. $27 trillion worth of debt as a nation. 133% being spent more than our income every week. We cannot continue that path without a financial collapse as a nation. That's number one. Number two, another scenario is moral decline. Moral decay and moral decline is disrupting the very fabric of our society and is turning our nation inside out from the very epicenter and core. How do I know that? Just watch the news today. Just turn on the internet and look at the headlines on Yahoo and Google or whatever it is. Just watch Fox and CNN and NBC and ABC and CBS and MSNBC or whatever it is. Uh, we are at a point, uh, a negative point. It is a downward fall, a downward spiral, downward spiral where morally we cannot stay on this path and survive as a nation. Every single nation in history without one exception, that reached the point of sexual and moral decay and decline, ceased to be a nation in history. Every history book tells that. I don't care if it's Babylon. I don't care if it's Egypt. Egypt. I don't care if it's the Roman Empire. Every one of them collapsed when they reached the point of moral decay. And America is now on the same path. I'm not just talking about the perversion I've mentioned earlier. I'm not talking about just marriage and abortion and those things. I'm talking about now we're in a nation where it is illegal to put the nativity scene in certain public places in the United States of America. Moral decline. The Ten Commandments are now considered to be a violation of rights constitutionally. The Ten Commandments. We have to take out in our pledges... Uh, uh, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Now on our money, where it says in God we trust, there is a movement to remove those words, in God we trust, from our currency. As of today, there was an article on Forbes, if you want to look it up when this is over, that says that America right now, today, is moving towards a digital currency. Let's get rid of that, and that's prophetic within times, but... Also, to get rid of in God we trust. The Pledge of Allegiance is no longer said in many schools in America. And now today, they are saying the NFL is going to air a black version of the national anthem. Because now there is such racial tensions and divide. That the national anthem, somehow I didn't know that that was a racist anthem, will no longer be played, but there will be a black national anthem. You cannot continue as a nation on that type of moral decay and decline where the name God is no longer allowed, the name Jesus is considered offensive to society, and expect God to bless America. Number three, we could be destroyed from another nation. You say, not us, Brother Ben. We are the strongest military might. Listen, it doesn't matter how big your military is. If God takes his hand of blessing off of a nation, that nation 
does not matter how many soldiers, how many tanks, how many planes, how many, uh, you know, how much ammunition, how many missiles you have. When God removes his hand of protection from a nation, that nation will fall. All the nations of the world are going to gather one day against Israel at the great battle of Armageddon. And all the tanks and military might will be nothing compared to the word of God. When God says it, it is so. And so America could be destroyed from an outside nation. Believe it or not today, we're not invincible. Folks, we better be praying for America because we're not invincible. Something happened 70 years ago that turned the world upside down. Hitler and, and the Nazis and also Japan and Pearl Harbor. There was a movement from a country the size of the state of Pennsylvania that took over almost the entire known world. And if not for the hand of God, had just about wiped the Jews off the face of the earth and was invading nation after nation and taken over the majority of Europe and had plans to take over South America and the United States of America. And you think it can't happen today? How many nations want to wipe America off the face of the earth, by the way? And it's the hand of God that protects us. I'm not saying this to be negative. I'm not saying it to be just a preacher of doom and gloom. But I've got to be real with you today. I want to be realistic to you today and tell you if it's not for the hand of God, we could cease to be a nation today. It could happen at this moment. That's why we must be in prayer for our nation and prayer for our churches. And that's why our churches should be busting at the seams, even in the midst of a pandemic, and not be empty. Because we need to be praying for America now more than any other time before in our history. Financial collapse, moral decay, destruction by an outside nation. Number four would be the rapture of the church. And here's one scenario that I want to, to tell you that may very well be the reason of all reasons why America is not mentioned in prophecy or in the Bible. As I say all these things to you today and they come across as down and depressive and negative, but I want you to look at the positive side. I believe there's more Christians in America than any nation on the face of the earth. Now, I, I said earlier, I don't believe we're a Christian nation anymore. We're a secularized nation. But we had Christian principles at one point and a Christian foundation. But we're no longer a Christian nation. But having said that, there are still more Christians per capita than any other nation on the face of the earth. Have you ever stopped to think if the rapture was to take place at this very moment, how would that affect the nations of the world? For example, if the rapture took place right now, how would that affect how things are done in Iraq? If the rapture took place right now, how would that affect Iran or Syria? Or how would that affect places like uh, uh, North Korea? How would that affect places that are secularized entirely and communistic nations and nations that that have turned against God and don't support God. And I know that there are Christians in every one of these nations I, I am naming you. Some of them join in our broadcast. And we pray for God's hand of protection and blessing upon them that are there. But how in the world would the rapture affect a place like Turkey? Or affect a place like China? Sure, there's going to be hundreds and maybe thousands that might be raptured out. But do you know America is probably the only nation on the face of the earth 
that if the rapture happened at this moment would turn this country upside down because there's still so many Christians in America today. There are Christians in our military. There are Christians in leadership. There's Christians in politics. There are Christian pilots. There are Christian train operators. There's Christian business owners. There are Christians in almost every facet and every walk and area of life. That if the rapture came today, those positions would stop. Now loans could not be paid. Bills could not be paid. Taxes could not be paid. People in the military would not be there to fly the planes to operate the equipment. The training would, it would take years to retrain those people, those personnel. America would be absolutely destroyed from within if the United States, if the rapture took place in America, it would affect us more than any other place. Now, I may be wrong. I may be overly optimistic. I may be someone that thinks higher of our Christian population than maybe I should. We all know the Bible says, few there be that go in there at, not many. That's the broad way. And everybody that says they're saved is not saved. In fact, Billy Graham used to say years ago, he believed that 50% of the average evangelical uh, congregation is lost. I believe those numbers are quite low. It could be on average. And I'm not speaking about my church directly, but I'm saying on average, it could be that upwards of 70 the 80% of the congregations of our Baptist churches and evangelical denominations, Pentecostal, charismatic, it does not matter what they are, are lost. They're religious, they're church members, they're tithers, but they're lost. They don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But I tell you what, if the rapture took place, no other nation would be changed like America. And if that's the case, that could be why America no longer exists. What would happen after the rapture if America was overtaken? Well, the scenario would be this. Imagine the president is gone. You said, you believe Trump's a Christian? Some of you are going to get mad and may turn me off right now. According to his own testimony, he is. I don't know. I don't know his heart, but you might have a president that is, is taken out of the way. A vice president who professes Jesus Christ is taken out of the way. How would that affect our country? You have congressmen, senators, and they're few and far in between, amen, that are saved, but they're out there. And so you're going to have a lot of them. You're going to have uh, leaders all over the world, pilots, business owners, soldiers, all gone in one second. America's also being invaded right now by other nations in disguise. We have more Muslims in leadership in America than it ever before, including what's happening now at the Capitol uh, under the, uh, the rotunda that is there. You're having more people sworn in on a Koran and not on the Bible. And so we have an, uh, a nation that is turning towards a false belief system. And so when these Christians are gone, America will be invaded by another nation or perhaps will align itself with the United Nations, perhaps will go under the control of the Antichrist and his leadership under the ten-nation federated kingdom that could happen at that moment. Immigration rates the way they are, the U.S. could have a turnover in a few years or more of more non-Christians than Christians in America. At the current rate, the lostness in America, we would not probably lose millions of people. 
It could be just tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. But at any rate, we see that going on. Islam's the fastest growing religion in the world. Do you know that someone was quoted as saying this after 9-11? After 9-11, more people bought flags, but more people bought Korans than before 9-11. What a humbling thought today. More flags were purchased after 9-11 than before, but there were more Korans that were purchased after 9-11 than before as well. There's been five times, ten times as many mosques built in America after 9-11 than before 9-11. So these are some scenarios that could potentially play out. The rapture to me is probably the greatest one unless something happens in the meantime and our nation is overtaken by another country. Now, let me share some scriptures. And I know we've only got a few minutes left, but if I go beyond this and you can't stay, just come back and watch the conclusion of this because I do want to get all of this out today. And I know we're all busy with things going on with, with the 4th of July, but let me share a few scriptures with you. One is found in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 34. The Bible says this, and you know this passage, righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. You say, Brother Ben, where is America in the Bible? Well, it doesn't directly say anything about America, but look at what it says. Righteousness exalteth the what? A nation. We're a nation, aren't we? Then there we are in the Bible. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. That tells me today that God has such high and holy uh, 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 expectations for our country that if we exalt righteousness, God exalts us. But if you don't exalt righteousness, the opposite is true. The nation will fall. Well, folks, America is not exalting righteousness today. They are exalting sin. Sin is popularized. Sin is gl glamorized. Sin is glorified. Not the other way around. And God cannot continually bless a nation that exalts sin rather than exalt the Lord God himself. 2 Chronicles chapter 36 and verse 16. The Bible says, But they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words. And misused his prophets. Unto the wrath of the Lord arose against the people till there was no remedy. Therefore he brought upon them the king of the Chaldees who slew their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary. And had no compassion upon young man or maiden, old man or him that stooped for age. He gave them all into his hand. Again, that's not doctrinally or historically about America. But spiritually let's make that application. They mock the messengers of God. As a preacher, there's probably no one more mocked today. I don't say that for a pat on my back or to get any applause. I say it because the truth of it, the man of God, the preacher who preaches, does say it the word of God. They mock them. They ridicule them. They make fun of them. And they do not want to hear the word of God today. And God says, okay, I'll turn you over to another nation. America's destiny is tied to our response to God, our response to the Word of God. The way that we treat this book right here correlates the way, corresponds to the way that God treats us as a nation. 
You exalt the word of God, God, God exalts you. You mock and make fun of God and his word, God will turn the nation over. You make fun of his laws and say, we don't want your laws. God won't bless us. Look in Psalms chapter number 9. Let me show you a couple other passages today before you have to leave our, our broadcast today. But Psalms chapter number 9. Again, you probably have heard these scriptures preached before. And I wish that I could sit here and give you just a, an astounding, uh, uh, encouraging message of hope for America. A message of, of patriotism and spiritualization of our nation and how God's going to bless us. But folks, God can't bless America till America blesses God. I've got to be real with you and tell you what the Bible says. And, and again, God doesn't say America, but these apply to us, at least spiritually speaking. Psalms 9 verse 17 says this, The wicked shall be turned unto hell, and all the nations that forget God. God says the wicked will be turned unto hell. Those that are lost, hell is their destination. And the nations, well, God doesn't say America, but isn't America a nation? Then that verse applies at least spiritually to America or to any nation today. The nations that forget God, God says there's only one direction for them. And he said, it's judgment. It's hell. The nations that forget God. Isaiah 40 verse 15 says the nations to God is as a drop of the bucket. Oh, I know nations and ambassadors and dignitaries think that there's something special, but God says the nations are a drop of a bucket to him. They're like a drop of water in the bucket. God doesn't think much about the nations. He thinks about one nation, Israel, his people. In Isaiah 40 verse 17, he says the nations are as nothing to him. Oh, we think we're something special and God, you better look at America and look at us and how powerful we are. How, how, how we lead the world in this and lead the world in that and how wonderful we are. God says, as a nation, you're nothing to me. You're nothing. Psalms 33 verse 12. Look there. Again, I know you know this passage as well. It doesn't say America, but look at what it says about nations. Psalms 33 verse 12. Blessed is the what? The nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Well, we know the people he chose for his own inheritance is Israel, not America. But he said the nation, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Meaning if a nation makes God their Lord, God will bless that nation. But a nation that turns against God, God turns against that nation. No other nation has had access to God's word like America. But no other nation has turned so quickly against God and his word like America. No other nation has produced Bible colleges like America. Seminaries like America. But our, now our Bible colleges and seminaries are full of false doctrine, false teaching, and nothing but correcting and changing and altering the word of God and the doctrines of God and his holy word. Our seminaries and Bible colleges have become a, a battleground for the Bible. Where the biblical truth is drug in the street. The Bible says there will come a time where truth will no longer be, uh, be promoted. But, uh, but they will no longer be valiant for the truth. It's fallen in the street and that's the time that we're in. 
Luke 12, 48 says, To whom much is given, much shall be required. Well, God has given America much. Much is required of America. But America is not fulfilling our end of the deal. We're in a cultural war. We see it on the streets. We see it in the news. It's nothing really new, but it's, it's not going to stop. We're in a cultural war. We're in a war where Jesus is no longer allowed. He's no longer accepted in this cultural war. We're in a war where it is over not just the rights of the people, but God has no rights anymore in America. And that's what Laodicea means. Laodicea is about the rights of the people. And we see out on the street, they're marching for their rights. And no one is marching for the rights of Almighty God. No one is marching for the rights of the word of Almighty God. And instead of marching for his rights and for the rights of his people and the rights of the word of God, they're wanting what I've got coming to me. Give me my rights. And God says, I'll not tolerate that. Laodicea is about final authority. Who's the final authority? God said, I'm the final authority. And the people say, nay, we are the final authority. I'll tell you, God has blessed America because America has blessed Israel. But Israel is quickly become, America is becoming an anti-Semitic nation. Our leaders, our policies are turning against Israel they're protesting Israel. They're anti-Semitic out on the streets all over the world. But in America, they're, they're in the, the colleges and the campuses and the university. They're protesting Israel today. God will never revive or bless any nation who goes against his people. He blesses those that bless them and curses those that curse him. When they attack his people, God will remove his hand of blessing upon that nation. When abortion is an all-time high, pornography, divorce rates, unwed parents, homosexuality is in our land. God says, enough's enough. I won't bless that nation. Now, we could be part of the Roman Empire that is revived prophetically, even though it don't call us by name. In type, we're like Babylon in Revelation, but we're not Babylon. Some have said Zechariah 1 verse 16 and Ze Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 6 that talks about the Lord destroying the towers goes back to the twin towers. But that's all just supposition that that's not biblical. That's not true. There's no scriptural support for that. Ezekiel 17 verse 3 and 7 talks about an e eagle that that goes up in the tops of some branches and has multicolored wings. And some have said, well, that's America. But the truth is. God describes what nation that is in that same chapter, and it's not about America. America is not found directly in Scripture, but indirectly we see over and over and over again, God says the nations, that's us, the nations, that's us, the nations, that's us, and God says the nations have to follow His Word or they'll never be blessed by Him again. America has always been what's called a client nation. And as a client nation, we have defended Israel. We're not a covenant nation. We're a client nation. But God is slowly beginning to move his hand, may not even be slowly anymore, of protection on America. And we've got to realize that God has just about had all he can stand with America. Let me close with just a couple of thoughts. I have a lot of people and I have a lot of pastor friends that I admire and I greatly respect. 
And I love them in the Lord, and I, I don't ever want to undermine them or their ministries or anything like that, but I see so many that are out there talking about revival that is coming as a result of the COVID, and revival is coming as a result of the, uh, the cultural war and the race issues and all these things, and God's going to bring about a great revival. Folks, I, I'm sorry to tell you there is zero scripture, zero, to support an end-time revival before the rapture of the church. And don't write to me and say Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2 is about Israel. It's about during the tribulation. It was partly fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, but it will be fully fulfilled when Israel is turned back to God during the tribulation. And Joel chapter 2 is not about the church. It is not about Gentiles. It is about Israel. The Bible does not teach a single reference to right before the return of Jesus Christ in the last days, it be a, a time of great revival and spiritual renewal and awakening. In fact, the opposite is taught in Scripture. The Bible says in the last days, it'll be a time of deception, a time of a falling away, a time of apostasy, a time of teachers heaping themselves uh, 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 itching ears, people heaping themselves teachers having itching ears, a time of lukewarmness, not a time of on fire for God, but a time of lukewarmness in Revelation chapter 3, a time of false teachers and false doctrines and uh, deception. You cannot find any reference in the Bible to there being a great revival uh, to the before Jesus returns again. In fact, it's everything we're seeing right now. Apostasy, backsliddenness, lukewarmness, false teaching, false doctrine. I say that to close by telling you that we are in the last days. There is the possibility of localized revival in a local church. There is the possibility of individual revival. And pray for your local church and pray for your, in, as an individual, you can be revived. But the idea that America is going to turn back to God, we should pray for it, but there's no scriptural support for it. And God will not go against his word just because we're praying for it. So the best we can do today is to be the salt God's called us to be, be the light that God's called us to be in this dark, dark world. Keep sticking to the word of God. Keep praying for our nation. Pray for our leaders. America is not found in prophecy directly, which means that America more than likely will cease to exist. My hope is this. I believe that the Lord will call us out in the rapture of the church. So I don't worry about being invaded. It could happen. I don't worry about some other nation taking us over, although it's possible. But I worry about times getting worse before the coming of the Lord. Meaning that we don't know how bad things will get. This could be the tip of the iceberg. It may get worse. So we've got to do our part. Pray for our nation. Pray for one another. Be faithful to God. Even if the whole world is against you. Be against the whole world. Support God. Support his world. Get the gospel out while you can. Support your local church while you can. Attend it while you can. Watch your broadcast while you can. Uh, uh, pass out tracts, give to missions while you can, and pray for revival as a nation. But ultimately, it's going to get bad before Jesus comes back again. I thank the Lord for the hope that we have that is in the blood of Jesus Christ and in the cross. And we need to keep our eyes fixed not on what the world's doing so much as on the cross of Jesus Christ. Keep looking to Him, keep watching. 
and looking forward. Keep our head up. The Bible says, for our redemption draweth nigh. I say all these things, and I know they come across as negative to you, but I'm being honest with you biblically. There is no prophecy that directly mentions America. And actually, as I said earlier, the silence of God is more detrimental to me than if God would have said something. So while we have today, while we have time, be thankful for our country. I'm thankful for this flag behind me. This flag behind me represents everything that we believe. I'm thankful for those that gave their life that we can salute this flag and pledge allegiance to this flag. I'm thankful for the freedom that I've got to share with you today what I've shared with you, whether people like it or lump it. I can do that today because of the freedom of those that gave their life and paid the sacrifice for us. Let's be thankful this weekend. Let's be thankful for our, our, our national independence, but for the lives of those that, that were sacrificed for the freedom that we have today. I want to close with a poem about that flag behind me. And the words of this poem are very important to me as we think about our patriotism, our nation, and the colors of our flag, the red, the white, and the blue, which all play an important role in Scripture. And the flag is called, old, uh, the poem is called Old Glory. And it says, here's to the red of it. There's not a thread of it, no, not a shred of it, in all the spread of it from foot to head. But heroes bled for it, faced steel and lead for it, Precious blood was shed for it, bathing it in red. Here's to the white of it, thrilled by the sight of it, who knows the right of it, but feels the might of it. Through day and night, womanhood's care for it, made manhood dare for it. Purity's prayer for it, keep it so white. Here's to the blue Thank God for the blue. To the blue of it. Heavenly's view of it. Star-spangled hue of it. Honestly, do of it. Constant and true. Here's to the whole of it. Stars, stripes, and the pole of it. Here's to the soul of it. The red, the white, and the blue. Oh, I'm thankful for the red. I'm thankful for the white. I'm thankful for the blue. And I'm thankful for each of you today that are listening to this broadcast. May you pray for me and pray for my ministry here as we pray for you. God bless you. And may God bless America. And may you have a happy Independence Day. And if I don't see you before then, I'll be back Sunday unless Jesus comes first. And I pray even so come Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you.